Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Huddle Up Pod. I am Scott Kennedy, sitting in for Chad Jensen tonight, who is in Las Vegas and ready for the NFL draft. And this guy over here, over here, yep. is uh, right. you know him. You'll love him. It's Zach Kelberman. Zach, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. I'll be in Vegas with Chad tomorrow night, but I'm holding it down. I appreciate you hopping on to fill in for Chad, as you always tend to do. And I'm excited. We have some news, Scott. We have some uh I'm going to call you Chad at least one time tonight, just as a little forewarning. Don't get I mad. I promise you. you know, I promise you I've I, been called worse. I called Nick Scott on the roundtable, so I don't think I can get worse than that. But um, I'm happy to be on here with you talking more Broncos football. we got some transactions, and the draft starts in less than 24 hours now. I am pumped. Well, let's get it to the – let's start with the news. The, uh, the, the players that are coming in. Now, I know there's at least one corner come in, but you've hinted that there may be more than that that are new Denver Broncos. And again – I think you get like 95 players this time of year. So let's fill up that roster. Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'll pop in the article to the side chat in the comments if you want to read about it. But the Broncos did sign. They worked out seven veteran free agents uh, during their three-day voluntary minicamp, which ended today. And they signed three of those players. The first guy I wrote about, Bless Austin. I think his name's Bless Juan or something like that. But we're going to call him Bless for the sake of conversation. Former Jets and Seahawks cornerback. He has like 18 games of starting experience. 6'1", decent length, but... Not that great in coverage. I think we went over this on Monday when the report of his visit first leaked. We talked about that he was kind of toasted when Seattle asked him to cover receivers last year. But it checks off one more need for George Payton heading into the draft. It allows him more flexibility. It shores up a little bit. A cornerback spot that has nothing beyond Darby, K1 Williams, and Patrick Sertan. He'll help out on special teams if he makes the final roster. Um, but he's just a, a guy right now. He's a jet. There you go. That's the one. The, the special teams. You know, I <clears throat> he played a lot on special teams while he was there. Started for uh, several games for the Jets, but it's kind of fallen off, which happens. You know, we, we talk about guys, oh, he deserves a third year. Well, a lot, most guys don't make it to the third year. You know, they get, they're, they're cheap as a six-round guy. Um, battled some injuries. I, I was reading a little bit about him coming in. Battled some injuries before the combine, and his pro day ran like a 4 6 6 uh, at Rutgers and hadn't quite gotten over that, but then did it again later and knocked it down to the four five range in the four five six four five five range. So decent athlete has some experience. And again, like we're talking about, you're not signing guys necessarily for the fifty three right now. You're allowed to bring in and, and someone more psycho than me. I'm uh, it, it will be able to tell us exactly the roster limits going into June first, but it's close to one hundred. So you're allowed to bring in guys, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be here come September. But right now, he's blessed for, uh, you know, sorry for the pun. I hate him, but, you know, so be it. Yeah, we've had worse on the show for sure. Uh, according to Mike List, though, they also signed two more players, cornerback Donnie Lewis and wide receiver Trey Quinn. I will have a story about that coming to MyLaHuddle.com after the podcast. But this is just rounding out the bottom of the roster, the bottom of the offseason roster, as Scott kind of differentiated there. Just guys that can help out, play some special teams. That's one thing that George Payton singled out in his pre-draft presser. They said the personnel was not good enough last year. They ranked last or next to last in most major categories. It's more hands on deck. I don't think, though, Scott, bless Austin, is going to preclude the Broncos from drafting a cornerback at 64 if they want to. Yeah, he's not He's not stopping anything there. However, there was a transaction in the last 24, 48 hours that could change your draft strategy, Zach, Ugh. with Melvin Gordon yeah. coming back and Flazify yeah. coming in, kicking us off green here. Um, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon here, and Flazify says he likes the move. He says, happy we brought back Mel for a good price. Now no one will talk about drafting a running back early. 
edge, offensive tackle, corner, safety, tight end, top five needs at the moment. And Flazify, thanks for coming in early and uh, and jump starting us. We certainly appreciate that. I mean, I like it more than eight million dollars a year for Melvin Gordon. Uh, it's up to five million with incentives. I think it's two and a half base, so not bad for a player that was making eight. They wanted another running back. It seemed like Peyton wanted Melvin back all along. Melvin wanted to come back all along. But as I put that put out there on Twitter, Javante is going like this to Melvin. I'm the captain now. He's the RB1 now. He, he should be the workhorse now, I should say. Um, you know, for what he is at this point of his career, Melvin Gordon, 29 years old. He's had seven fumbles since 2020. I don't think that's a long-term bell cow RB1. Javante fits that profile for me, but in terms of a tandem familiarity, Javante Williams said he's cool with it. He's been talking to Melvin Gordon. They're on the same page. I don't hate it. I just uh, hashtag free Mike Boone. That's my thing. Well, I, I think you're going to free Mike Boone now because uh, on Broncos for breakfast, we've talked a lot about, and Dylan, appreciate everything you do, Dylan. I don't get to say that enough um, when uh, when I'm behind the scenes, so I'll say it now. Dylan makes it so much easier <clears throat> for us to put out yeah. good content when he's taking care of some of the things in the chat. So thank you so much, uh, whether it's the spammers or who knows, whatever it is, you do a lot and we we appreciate you. He's so on the thank front you. line. It's not easy. Um, Thanks, Dylan. So where was I? We were talking Melvin Gordon and um, Mike back, I lost my train of thought thanking Dylan. The, the, for me, oh, I know what it was. What I had said was, if you're taking running back third, fourth round, again, you know, another high, fairly high mid-round running back, to me, it's saying you don't trust Mike Boone. And he hardly played at all. You know, we talk about, oh, well, Mike Boone's a special teams ace. Well, I, I looked that up. His snap counts last year on special teams were 73. So he was on the field for 81 snaps last year, period, and made $2 million for it. How on earth are you going to keep a $2 million running back around again for 81 snaps? His days have to be numbered, Zach. They just have to be. That says more about the Broncos coaches back then than it does Mike Boone, though. Getting him on the field after paying him a George Payton import, getting him on the field for 81 freaking snaps, uh, that's incompetency to me. I thought he was going to get a chance to be the RB2. Um, I don't know now. You know, Obviously, with Melvin Gordon's contract, yeah, two and a half base is nothing, but the incentives kind of surprised me. Two and a half more available with unlockable, probably rep-based incentives. That means if he takes enough touches or gets enough yards, he can make more money. That says to me, he's RB2. What do you do with Mike Boone in this case now? Do you trade him, Scott? Do you flip him for a 2023 How do you draft trade him, pick? though? Who, what, have you, what has he shown that you can I, say, oh, yeah, I can trade him? I mean, maybe a sixth-rounder, maybe a seventh-rounder, something. For a 2023, exactly what you're talking about for a 2023. But the guy hasn't played in two years. I mean, he had, let me see, he didn't start. He played in 16 games. He, he had 11 carries in 2020. He did play a bunch on special games. teams. He had four carries last year. Who on earth is trading for him? And frankly, how do you give this guy a two-year, $4 million contract? Right. Yeah. You know, on that. So, I mean... We don't talk about, we don't criticize George Payton very often. I think Mike Boone may have been a little bit of a mistake. One, which he corrected early by going and getting Javante Williams. And uh, and he is a true number one. Now, for me, let me hear your thoughts. I know what I think on this. The, 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 the splits last year were almost dead even. I mean, like within one thousandth of percent. I think it was like one carry difference between Boone and Javante Williams last year. Where do you see those numbers going this year as far as percentages go? I want to tack on one more thing you said to your point, which is pretty good about Mike Boone being a blemish, a rare blemish on Peyton's resume. That was compounded by getting rid of Philip Lindsay. The Mike Boone signing was, it, it, it started from getting rid of Philip. So I think he doubled down and made a, it looks like right now a bad move. But in terms of Javante, it's got to be at least 60-40, Scott. I understand not making him like a 30-carry-a-game kind of guy, but are there going to be even 30 carries available in any given game? The Broncos are going to be such a pass-happy, pass-first offense led by Russell Wilson. Sure, they're going to hand the ball off, but are they going to run the ball 30 times? No one's expecting Javante to get the ball that much, but if, if let's say they do run it 30 times, I think he should get 18 to 20 carries and leave yeah, the other I was thinking you know, 21 to 14. You know, let's talk. And I just, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, that's three fifths. That's 60, 40. So my initial thought was it should be about 65 to 35. 
um, which I'll wouldn't be too many, but it depends on how many times you're going to run the ball. 20 carries a game isn't a ton. I mean, that's not a ton. That's old school. You're talking 340 carries over the course of 17 seasons, plus, you know, touches. If you're doing 400 touches, you're going to wear out your running backs anyway. Uh, to steal the, the the line from Nick, uh, at least co-opted anyway, you're not, you're not really, you know, buying running backs. You're leasing them. And you don't want a second contract for most of these guys. Someone built like Javante Williams could be a little bit different. But I'm coming out of the gate, Zach, at least 60-40, which 60% would be 21 to 14. I think that's I think I did that math right as far as uh as far as carries go. I think Nick said that Javante's gonna be around for three years. I'll disagree with that. I think he's gonna be around a little longer than that. He'll be a rental for maybe maybe a decade. You know, I think he's the next great Broncos running back, but um Nathaniel Hackett gave it away. He had a press conference last month. Can't remember the exact occasion, but he says he wants a big stable. His words. He wants a lot of running backs because he believes they take a pounding. It's an injury-prone position. Even though Javante didn't do anything to warrant that label last year, that's what Nathaniel Hackett believes. He comes from a team in Green Bay that utilized two running backs. They had a great one in Aaron Jones. But what did they do last year? They started working in uh, Dylan. To the mix as well. And I think they want that thunder and lightning approach. My question is how much lightning does Melvin Gordon H 29 offer to Javante's thunder? If they want to get a speedy running back, you could have done that for a fraction of the cost uh, through the draft. Yeah. I, uh, I don't necessarily think it's just thunder and lightning. He's just a good back. I mean, he, he is, he's a good running back. My, my thought on this, and then I want to get to Dave Millage. Thank you for hanging, hanging in Dave with, with the super was you almost need buy off from Javante Williams on this for a couple of reasons. One, you're you're better than he is right now. You want to be the number one guy. Two, he's making more money than you by a lot. But that's that's how the game is played. You know, once you're in the league three, four years and you're still around to get your next contract, you'll make exponentially more money, three, four times the money than you do on a second round deal. That's just the way it is. And I, I read your article about the re-signing and it seems like uh, Javante understands. He goes, listen, I'm not worried about carries right now. And he's saying yeah. the right things publicly. He might yeah. be pissed, but he's saying all the right things publicly. I don't care about the, the split. I'll do what's needed because I just want to win a Super Bowl. Right. And, and he thinks that Melvin can help do that, at least publicly. At least they have a good rapport. You know, they work well together. It seems like they respect each other's game. And Melvin Gordon has to come back knowing that Javante is going to be the guy. He's the future Melvin's a one-year rental. It's his last year, I think, in Denver, barring a you know 1,500-yard season. And if he can help the Broncos win, he can help the Broncos win. I just, if they're going to have a true RB one, if they have to place the title on that guy, I want the RB one to be definitively Javante. I think he's earned that opportunity. I don't think there's any doubt. When you split 50-50 carries with your eight million dollar back as a rookie, then the guy goes out and tests free agency and doesn't like what he sees and decides, you know what, I had it pretty good in Denver. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind right now that he's coming back knowing that he is and, and it's that's okay i want to play longer even if i only play one year in denver man if i'm 30 years old and i get 400 carries i'm not seeing 31 or 32 years old maybe i can play another four or five years i can extend my career maybe get a ring out of this make that deep playoff run that i've been wanting to do so i don't think there's going to be any problem with that as long as javante williams stays healthy and performs he should get um, at least 60% of the touches. And Dave, thank you for your patience coming in from that Canada, coming in orange, that mile high orange. He says, cheers, MHS, H, uh, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Looking spring fresh, Zach. Thank you. And pumped for Melvin G Gordon. Uh, Russell will bring out the best in it, and I'm down for having him back. Enjoy the draft. Let's ride. Uh, D and sunny BC, Denver and sunny BC. So welcome, and, uh, welcome in, and thank you for a very generous super chat. Yeah, I had to get the fresh cut. I appreciate you noticing. You know, we're going to Vegas tomorrow, so we have to keep it presentable for you guys. But we appreciate you, as always. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, seeing it up close and personal, seeing what the Broncos do on Friday, maybe even tomorrow, if George Payton gets frisky enough, jumpy enough. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't but think that's going to happen. Nah. I, was, uh, I actually did some Raider Nation radio this morning, and they know uh -huh. that I do a lot of Broncos stuff. And they asked me, you know, what can you glean from these press conferences? I'm like, basically nothing. They don't say anything. I said, but the one thing I did hear George Payton say that I completely think is the truth is getting back into the first round is going to be too expensive. When you don't have a first round pick next year, a second round pick, you basically have to give away every pick you've got right. in order to try and sneak back into the first round or players. 
which I, I didn't put that in there. I didn't think about that. So maybe you're throwing, you know, a third rounder for the next two seasons and a player to get back into the first. But I, I don't see that happening, Zach. I can dream, though, Scott. I can dream. I mean, it's not going to happen. But knowing George Payton, the good thing about Payton is the impossible is nothing. Anything is possible with George Payton as your GM. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. But regardless, excited, man, about uh, Friday and Saturday. I, I am, too. It's a... Uh, it's it, there's some intrigue in this draft, even in the first round. I mean, I was trying to do again the math. I'm like, what's 10 to that exclamation point? That's how many different ways the top 10 could shake out. There's, you know, in, in math speak, which is exponential, however many that is, it's like thousands. There's so many different ways that this this could go. Um, and we're truly international tonight. Uh, Marcus Lewis Henna coming in from the UK. He said with the stars saying, Hey guys, love and respect to all you Bronco fans from the UK. Go let's ride Broncos and also MHH. And thank you. Uh, thank you for the support. And Jeremy comes in with some stars. He says, is Philip Lindsay still available? I'd like to see him come back. He could kick and punt return and maybe see five carries a game. That's not happening. Does yeah. he want to do that? Would, would he oh. want to do that? No, he, he, he still wants to go someplace where he can get some touches, but did he price himself out of the market a little bit? Is that why he was basically given up on by three teams in the last 14 months? I don't know why he can't find a, a permanent role for himself, but it's not going to happen, Jeremy. I mean, it seemed unlikely even before the Broncos brought back Melvin Gordon. That bridge was burned for a reason. George Payton moved on for a reason. We have to keep that in mind. And, and to Scott's point, why would Phillip come back to be a kick and punt returner and see five carries a game? He's better than that. I think he can find better than that, but he hasn't to this point. And I'm just... Maybe it's his his pass blocking woes. He he's not a great uh, receiving back. He he doesn't play specials that adeptly. Uh, he's a smaller guy. I don't know what it is. There's, there's a lot of wear and tear on that body too, despite the fact that he's you know relatively new to the NFL. Uh, Nick reminded me that he he had a ton of carries as an older guy at at, at Colorado. Um, maybe that's part of it. Maybe he lost a step already. Again, what what's the total uh, tread wear on those tires? Two-time thousand-yard rusher, former Pro Bowler. I mean, I think he deserves a chance just to see what he can do in a decent offense, not stuck behind you know Mark Ingram and David Johnson in the in the doldrums and purgatory of the Texans. But he's not coming back to Denver. That dream mm. is long dead. That ship has sailed well into the night. It's Melvin Gordon, Javante, Mike Boone, and maybe Demaria Crockett in the Broncos. And I think I think he will get a chance somewhere. At the very least, he comes in as a you know as a. No guaranteed money. Come try and make the roster. So he will get a contract. I just I don't see any reason or for either side why it would be uh, Philip Lindsay. So uh, Oi Boy coming in saying uh, coming blue on us saying Gordon for one year at five million. I'll allow him two fumbles. And uh, if it's four million, it's still two fumbles. I'll allow him two. And the thing is, Zach, and I said this last year. You know, his days, it's not necessarily who's the number one or who's the number two, but who's getting the carries when it matters. That's how I know who the number one running back is. And when they well, get inside the 20, they're in the fourth quarter trying to kill a game or try and come back or whatnot. You're going to see Javante Williams. I don't care if at the end of the day it says they both had 15 touches. When it matters, you're going to see Javante Williams. I seem to recall that Melvin Gordon fumbled the one, I think it was the one that Teddy Bridgewater didn't tackle on. It was Melvin Gordon getting that carry in crunch time and not Javante freaking Williams. So the Broncos coaches have to utilize him correctly. Fortunately, thank God, they finally have competent coaches, not a coordinator in Pat Shermer who's literally coaching incompletions uh, to his quarterbacks. I don't want to allow any fumbles, oi boy. I mean, I understand the joke here, and he's known for fumbleitis, but he's a professional running back. His one job is to take care of the football. I don't care if he holds it up here like Tiki Barber. I don't care if he pretends it's a glass of Merlot in his hands. He has to keep valuable and untouched. Hold on to the ball. Don't fumble the ball. It's as simple as that. For all of Philip Lindsay's woes, Scott, all the, the criticism he gets, the one thing he's never done on an historic basis and pace is fumble. There's a utility for that in the NFL. There's a, and I think it would have been even worse if the Broncos had blown that game to Washington, you know, where there was a, the Pookie fumbled the ball, but it was called down because I'm listening to this on the radio. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, you're just trying to run out the clock fumbles. And then the very next carry, they give it to Melvin Gordon and he fumbles. So 
it, it becomes a embarrassing at that point. You know, it's 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 like getting the yips in you know trying to hit a golf ball or 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 kick. You know, it's it's almost like the yips. It's nuts. You know, um, make him walk around campus with that ball and find him every time someone can knock the ball out of his hands. Do it like old old school. Uh, Mark from Georgia coming in, fellow Georgian. Thank you so uh, much, Mark. Broncos is all over the place. I believe the nickname here is the God King. The God King. Mark from Georgia. He says, what's up? Coming in hot pink. Said, it's been a minute, Zach and Scott. Good to see you. Tell Chad I said hi. Well, if you hang around long enough, you can tell him yourself because Zach and Chad. Chad will be back in towards the end of the show to kind of give an update on the meet and greet for uh, for tomorrow, for draft, yeah. for the weekends and stuff. So stay around just a little bit. Mark, thank you for that very generous super chat, my friend. Knowing Chad, he probably saw your high in real time, Mark. So we definitely appreciate you. We'll pass it along to him if you didn't hear it, but he'll pop in here, as uh, Scott said. And real quick, uh, thank you again, Mark. Real quick, you mentioned the yips. The Broncos' backfield is pretty much like Buffalo Bills kicker circa 1990s. I mean, they just they constantly blow it when when it's crunch time. I hope that's over with now. Yeah, that's uh, the, the the Y word. You don't even say that. You know, don't even don't even say the the yips word. But it's, it's seriously like what it's, it was. You know, it's it, it's almost like, you know, I don't necessarily believe in. Well, yes, I do. I'm pretty superstitious and I believe in karmic justice and all that stuff. But when like everybody, there's 80,000 people at the Broncos stadium, they're all thinking the same thing. Don't fumble. Don't. It just wills it. It wills it into existence. So maybe we have to change our train of thought, Melvin. Break it. Break it loose, man. Break it loose. Speaking of breaking it loose. Just going to say that. Thank you so much, Michaela. Michaela Parker. And again, I don't get to say thank you enough. Uh, You're working your day job while I'm working the Broncos for breakfast. So I don't get to see you uh, in person as much. So thank you for everything you do for this show and for us at Mile High Huddle. It is certainly just a huge support for everybody. So thank you very much. Uh, But she says, unsure about Merlot being back. I really wanted to see what Boone has in the tank. Much love. And uh, the, the bright red kind of drowns out those hearts that, but I do see them. I see them there on the screen. And again, we want to see this. And this is one of the problems I had, you know, behind the scenes when we're talking about, well, then you would have known with Drew Locke. If you just played, you would have known with Drew Locke. These guys have had Mike Boone in the building for 12 months. Maybe they know, maybe they already know because everything that we've been talked about, every time I hear third round running back, bringing Melvin Gordon back. All I keep hearing is it's not going to be Mike Boone. You just uh, shine the bat light in, in, in form of Drew Locke, Scott. So uh, prepare for the <laughs> troll wave now of uh, haters. But yeah, you know, Michaela, I'm kind of with you. Um, I was prepared and resigned to the Broncos moving on from Melvin Gordon and going forward with Javante and Mike Boone, Demarier, and a rookie. But George Payton had other plans. And like I said, if Melvin can help the Broncos win, if they win another game this season because Melvin did something good for the team, then that will be worth it, $2.5 million. But if he's keeping the Broncos' backfield a split and not allowing Javante to be as good as Javante can be, as we saw last year when given the opportunity, that's where my my thing comes in. I mean, $5 million isn't nothing if he hits those marks. That's not a penny in NFL terms. That's a that's a reasonable investment in, in, a, in a running back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's bad number one money. And uh, how do I know that? It's because that's the kind of money that the Atlanta Falcons, with who are the poverty franchise the last couple of years, that's what they've paid their running backs. They're, they're starting number ones. <clears throat> uh, George Fox, if I hadn't said thank you for the stars earlier when he came in, I, I want to say it thank now. You. And Colby C. Collier came in. He says, I want Pookie to get the majority of the carries unlike last year because it was close. It was split. Part of me hates this, but what if something happens to Williams? Then it's great to have Gordon. And and we we touched on this, Zach. Um, again, I, I thought for all of the faults that we can lay at the feet of, of Shermer and Fangio, I thought they handled Pookie Williams perfectly. I really did. I think bringing them in behind it, when, you, when you've got a big money running back, use him. And as the season went on, that number didn't wasn't 50-50 all season. It wasn't. It was mostly Melvin Gordon to start. And then the, the, the carry started evening out, you know, and to get even that meant Javante Williams had to get some more. Now that's my gut feeling on it. Um, I'd have to look at the numbers, 
But my gut tells me that in the last six, eight games, Javante Williams had more touches. He should have. Um, the thing, I, I hate this this kind of, nothing against you, Colby, personally. I just hate this logic. What if something happens to Russell Wilson? They, they have Brett Rippon and Josh Johnson. Does that mean they just they should go uh, you know draft Desmond Ritter in the second round? No. Injuries are a part of the game. But Javante last year did nothing to show or prove that he's this injury-prone guy. Nothing close to that. He was one of the more reliable players on the Broncos' injury-decimated squad last year. So if he had that reputation, if he came out of college with um, injury concerns, I'd say, okay, Melvin's a $5 million insurance policy. But he was literally trucking fools on the field. He was running players over three at a time. I mean, this is a breakout candidate if there ever was one. He's not even entering his prime yet. Unleash the beast. I, I, I'm just wary of, of attaching a uh, an appendage to the beast and making him handicapped in, in a way. And, and I don't think of it as, I don't, I don't necessarily think of it as holding him back. I just think it's, hey, you've got a chance to get a good, you got a chance to get a number one for low number one money. My, my question with the contract I have is, a number one. Yeah. The, my question with the contract is, does he prevent you from getting someone else? Then it becomes a right. problem. You know, I, I, it's like, oh, he was making too much money. Who did you not get because you, you, you were paying Melvin Gordon? And this is at the end, you know, this is towards the end of a free agency. It's not like this happened at the very beginning when you're like, well, what if we needed that extra 5 million to get Randy Gregory to, you know, to sign someone else, or we missed out on, on Chandler Jones because we, we spent 5 million on, on, uh, on Melvin Gordon. No, this is towards the end. He went out and shopped. Kareem Jackson went out and shopped and they probably could have made a few extra bucks somewhere else and been in worse situations instead of being in a familiar place with a chance to win in a, a, an environment you love. That's worth a little bit of a discount. And, and frankly, we, we've been we've been hitting on this one a long time. And I, I thought we might because it's a, a it's a really good topic. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about what happens if. Well, now it has. Um, so I, I like the move because I don't think it's necessarily cost prohibitive. And he's a good player. He is. He's a good player. But this is, you know, Matt says it's called depth, Zach. Well, I asked you guys for weeks to give me one argument as to why the Broncos should draft a running back at 64. Everyone said depth. I understand they need depth, but you already had Mike Boone. You already have Demaria Crockett, and I have no problem drafting a running back at some point, fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever. Does that depth need to be a $5 million potentially guy who has seven fumbles in the last two seasons? Does it have to be that guy? That's my question. Yeah, and for me, it's it's not depth. It's a, let's see, 918, 918 yards and eight carries split in time. I mean, in eight touchdowns, that's a good, again, for me, it's a good player. He's a really good player. So if he was so good, would he, would he have been unsigned for so long and settling for two and a half million for one year? I mean, I think he overvalues himself just a little bit. He probably did. He probably did. And again, like I said, it's, I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him as the, the low number one, but as long as it's, again, as long as it's not cost prohibitive, and I don't think it is, I don't mind the move. I really don't. Well, uh, let's <clears throat> let's pivot to one thing. You mentioned Kareem Jackson. Scott, we have some time. I thought I'd bring it up. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, he was asked in his press conference the other day, does he expect to be the Broncos starting safety after re-signing for a minimum type deal? And he said, uh, why wouldn't I? He was very defiant. And then today on Twitter, he said it was the dumbest question he was ever asked. I don't think it was dumb at all. I think it was a very fair question. And I'm not saying that because I'm defending the media side of it. He has two young players gunning for his spot. He toiled on the open market for weeks and had to settle for a one-year, almost veteran minimum type deal. He should have at least acknowledge those aspects instead of being so um, overly prideful. His ego got stung. That's why he gave that answer. I would have to double check in the, in the transcripts. It asks if you want to be. Would you want to be? Yes. But acknowledge that there's other players behind you gunning yeah. for that spot. Players yeah, the Broncos course, are yeah. high and, on. And, and you're 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 saying live, you're getting live, you know, you're you're asking live and then to double down on it at the end, saying, Yes, I'm gonna have my work cut out for me. Um, but yeah, you know, again, Javante Williams handled the question a lot better as a right. second year guy right. than Kareem Jackson did. Right. Do you want to be, you know, again, the, the transcript says on if he still wants to be an every down safety. Why wouldn't I be? 
and again, they may, I, I'll have to go back and listen to the question again. Um, but do you still want to be a starter? Yes, of course I do. I got my work cut out for me. We got some good players here, you know, and, and, and be a little bit more humble about it. I said, but I, I do. I understand that. I, I get your point though, for a hundred percent, because he could have shown a little more humility there while still answering the question in the affirmative. Yes, of course I want to be in every town safety. Why wouldn't I be? I, I was my work cut out for me because these guys are good. I was told to never uh, answer a question with a question, but maybe Kareem Jackson was raised differently. But we have Dale hopping in here. D-Dub, Red Super, thank you so, so much for that generous contribution. $100 Super, thank you so much, Dale. Draft weekend, Manning jersey in the window, 36th floor of Bellagio behind NFL Network. Very, very cool. Next, I was going to say, were you next to Ian Rappaport? I saw him with the fountains in the background on, on, on TV today. Did you see him? He's kind of teeny tiny in, in person. Uh, Dale says, not sure anyone can see it this time of day. It's in the shadows and windows a little tinted. Very cool, but trying. Uh, LOL, hopefully we'll get some shine. Go Broncos. Uh, Shockus to MHH. I I assume I mispronounced that, but I hope I did not. Let me know, Scott. Uh, I'm, that's, I'm too Shockus. old to square. <laughs> it's also a shape. Too old, too, too old, too square. But you know what? I'm not too old and too square to say is, Dale, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Dale. Um, you know, we got we got Mark, Dale, Michaela coming in big. You know who else is coming in big is another Mark who is one of the biggest benefactors of our show, uh, especially on Broncos for Breakfast coming in. Mark Schrader says, evening, I agree, Boone's days are numbered. If we draft a running back, uh, or days are numbered if we draft a running back. He was hurt and missed several games, but still not worth the money. Yeah, and again, I just... If you're bringing Melvin Gordon back, if you're talking about drafting a guy, he makes too much money for a guy that only got on the field for 81 snaps. And you keep bringing in people to keep him third string. I think his days are numbered, Zach. How do we know he's not worth it, though, if he's not given the opportunity? I seem to recall. We may not have to. They may know. If I watch practice every day, I'd like to think I'd have a pretty good idea. I just, it seemed like George Payton singled out Mike Boone of all players most of us haven't heard of as the replacement for Philip Lindsay, paid him arguably uh, running back two money, and then he mothballs him. It's just so strange how they're utilizing him and not giving him an opportunity. Even if it's kick return, free Mike Boone. Get some, get some investment out of your money. Get your money's worth out of Mike Boone. What are we doing here? You're shopping him, seeing if you can get anything before you release oh, him and man. save $1.2 million in salary. I don't like it. I disagree with that. If that's the route they're going, I really do. I mean, they, again, depth, one point two million. He's not. You can afford him. You can afford to keep him on. But again, you've heard me say this before. That's someone's one point two million dollars that they're writing a check. You know, every time they're cutting a check and they're looking at a spreadsheet, or their assistant's assistant is looking at a spreadsheet. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, this guy's making a hundred thousand dollars a month. He had four carries. Yeah. What? Not good. Not good <laughs> it was business. Thirty thousand dollar accountant that raises hell to you know the and starts running up this up the food chain. Yeah, if you start needing some money on that. He's toast. Let's uh, shift gears from running back for a second. William Catalano uh, chiming in. What was the issue with Randy Gregory with his arm in a sling? I wrote this story. Did really well on uh, on the website, so we appreciate you reading that story. Randy Gregory had shoulder su- shoulder surgery. If I can talk arthroscopic surgery on his rotator cuff. It was elective in the sense the Broncos and Gregory agree to do it after he signed a $70 million contract. He's going to miss the offseason program. He was never going to practice in the minicamp. Training camp is murky right now. Nathaniel Hackett kind of sidestepped that. But what with Gregory did during practice, uh, as told by Mike Kliss, he was asked, hey, Randy, when's the sling coming off? And Randy said, right now. And he started to undo the Velcro on it. So it was just Randy being Randy. And it's good to have a little bit of that dog back in the Denver defense, Scott. That was missing for so long since Aqib Tlaib took Michael Crabtree's chain right off his body. We haven't seen that in a Broncos uniform. I don't mind it, um, but it's going to get more hate because anything Gregory does or says draws criticism. But he's just having some fun out there. No big deal. It sounds like a wrestling shoot almost. Yeah. You know, it's coming up now. What, what came up next? It's the cape fib. He's breaking cape fib. You know, the, the shirt came <laughs> off next, you know, and then he started flexing. Um, I think that's that's great. Uh, and that's Baker, the NWO's theme music. Um, Andrew coming in saying teams will fear our run just as much as the pass, which will have Russ killing them in play action. 
balance. If you can be balanced, and this should be an extremely balanced team with the run and the pass and the weapons with the cook in there to bring it all together. I mean, there's a reason Russell Wilson wanted to come here. And it wasn't just because, oh, you know, the the, the mountains are nice and they're going to pay me more than anybody else. This is a good roster. It, it really is. Uh, you got I – mean, where are your holes as far as, you know, the skill guys go? Could we get better at, at center? Could we get better at right tackle? Can we improve? You can improve anything. There's, for the most part, almost always somebody better. But this is a good roster, and the running game should be really stout. Appreciate the stars, Andrew. Yeah, you guys uh, stay catfishing me. I, every time I see one of these things, I have to double-check if it's true. Leroy chimes in. I heard Debo Samuel was traded to the Jets for two first-round picks. I just checked on Twitter. I didn't see anything. Uh, I don't think. Expensive. Yeah, they can just draft a receiver and, and save the money. That'd, that'd honestly. be a lot. I'd, if I'm, I'd take that deal in a heartbeat if I'm the 49ers, especially since they gave away all their draft picks for Trey Lance. And and, and by the way, guys, it, it doesn't have to be said, but it's said anyway. The Broncos are not trading for Debo Samuel. Okay, it, it's not happening at all. So let's let's just end that conversation. Chase Wellner, appreciate you, Chase. As always, love seeing you in here. Chase says, "How would you compare Melvin and Javante to Aaron and AJ Dillon?" I don't know if you're like criticizing that comparison chase or you're genuinely asking but I, I meant more so in the terms of what Hackett experience in Green Bay as a first time head coach first time you know shot caller of an offense he's going to probably take some elements of that Green Bay offense one of those elements was you had a damn good running back in RB1 and Aaron Jones but you still wanted to keep him fresh I guess and incorporate AJ, AJ Dillon into the mix and to Green Bay's credit, it worked, and that's why I think he sees the same kind of visions with uh, Melvin and Javante. Yeah, there's room for two running backs, even in a pass happy league. I don't, I don't think there was this. This was a, a genuine question because I had it because I, I couldn't answer. I'm like, okay, I hope Zach takes this. I don't watch enough of the Packers to know to know how this goes. I know how Melvin and Javante work together, but I didn't pay attention enough to the Packers to go Aaron Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on this one. So appreciate the stars, Chase. Thank you. George coming in with some good wishes too. Saying have fun at the draft, guys. Thanks for all your insight to the team. All year, Denver Broncos for life. Mile high huddle for life. I, I don't know. We see Chad in the green room. I don't know if it's uh, time to bring him on or not. I can't I'm not bring him on until I see his face. Yeah, he has no up. no camera right now. So we're waiting yeah, on Chad. He's no vamping in, in the back uh the back area tim hopping in here is matt paradise paradise excuse me that's a a faux pas like saying broncos nation is matt paradise available could he be your replacement to kush no i think that replacement is going to come in the draft it could be cam jurgens in the second or third round it, it could be a, a guy they, they like to uh build on and incorporate as a rookie i i don't see paradise coming back again the reason you move on from a player, whether it's money, injury concerns, character concerns, attitude concerns, whatever, there's a reason why you moved on from them. And there's a reason why the Broncos moved on from Paradise. He looked good in Carolina for a season and then kind of fell off. So that ship is also sailed. Him and Philip Lindsay are, are sailing on the same ship. Well, I'm going, I, I, I would react to that, but I have trouble when I start seeing Red Zach, you know, keeping my yeah, train of I thought. I see it. And uh, I have to come down a little bit, and I'll get back. I'll get back up to Phil and George here again. Um, Dale, man, Dale coming in back to back. Thank you so much, Dale. Wow. Yeah, just you just said, and and Dale says this is given on behalf of Michaela. You go, girl, on behalf of all of us. So thank you very much. Uh, love her support. It's encouraging. Uh, by the way, it's okay to be square, Scott. Thank you. Good thing. Uh, but please tell me you gents know what a shaka is. If not, you need to visit the Hawaiian Islands soon. I've been to Hawaii three or four times, but I don't remember what a shaka is. I, but I 100% agree with you. It's been too long. I haven't been there. When I was out in California, it was a whole lot easier to get to now that I'm back in Georgia. Um, I don't remember what a, I don't remember what a shaka is. Um, so I apologize. I will do. I will ask the Google machine though before I go to bed. I've never been to Hawaii. I mean, I was born and raised in uh, South Florida, so that I've got my fill of palm trees uh, for one lifetime. But the Shaka I know is uh, Shaka Khan and Shaka Smart. I don't know. I don't associate what the or other your, Shaka or could your be. Shakas, which are chakras. Like your chakras are yeah. jammed. I remember, but I think that's like shock, like you know, the electress, bruh. Wait, 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 wait. No way, Kathy. That's what it's called. It's called a Shaka. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I'm probably botching that too, but... I'm in your pinky out. It's like a hang loose. Oh, I was doing... I don't know what I was doing. Like Wolfpack inverted. Shaka. Here we go. 
learn something new every day. I thought that was like an old hippie thing, though. Hang loose. That's right. Ignorance is okay. Willful (laughs) ignorance is not. Ignorance just means I don't know. I'm willing to say I don't know. I'm ignorant. Um, I'll learn. I'm so Caucasian. Uh, Jeff asked. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff was... Zach... The whitest I've ever felt in my entire life wasn't like when I was the only white guy at a you know South Atlanta football game within a hundred miles. Was when I had to Google how to eat a tamale because I'm like <laughs> chewing on the tusk. I'm like, this can't be right. Yeah, that was this a, can't be right. That was a low moment in your. Adulthood. I had to Google it and like I started getting like, are you too white? Ads on my you know Google <laughs> my Google ads started changing. So again, anyway, ignorance not. <laughs> willful i'm willing to learn teach me thank yeah. you again dale thank, thank you dale and uh, we hope to see you at the draft chad and i do uh coming out uh friday night for the meet and greet we'll have more information as soon as chad makes his uh presence available jeff asked with 17 games does the thousand yard rushing threshold really mean anything i don't think it meant a lot with 16 games 16 i mean everyone made a big deal about cj anderson getting it in 2018 2017 and it's like 60 yards a game or something like that it's not that big of a deal it's more for for the running back to feel good and for the team to feel good to say look we have a thousand yard rusher but when you boil it down to a per per game basis it's not that impressive you know what's crazy though let me look this up you know i said the same thing zach but because the way the game has changed there's only like six running backs that had a thousand yards let me see. I'll, I'll look it up and see. No, not all time. I know all time. Um, rushing leaders. So over a thousand yards, there were there was Jonathan Taylor, obviously. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Zeke Elliott was the seventh at a thousand two. Antonio Gibson was at uh ten thirty-seven. Dalvin Cook eleven fifty-nine. Najee Harris at twelve hundred. And he's fourth. If- you know, so <sighs> It, it it doesn't, to me, old school, you know, Earl Campbell, Walter Payton type, you know, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, those guys got 1,500 yards, you know, just showing up. It doesn't mean as much to me, but it still means something, obviously, that you're getting enough carries and not splitting so many. It also might mean that the other, the, the team doesn't have another running back they trust, frankly, or else they wouldn't, you wouldn't be getting enough carries. You'd split them. Again, I said it before, I'll say it again. Yes, this is positive Shermer Fangio talk. I thought Ooh. they handled Javante Williams. <laughs> uh, the heel. It was a face turn. He's gone heel. <laughs> I thought they handled Javante Williams and Melvin, Melvin Gordon very well last year, easing Javante into a little bit as a rookie while you've got a guy in the last year of his expensive contract and then upping it as it became clear. And I think that's what you're going to see this year, 60-40 at minimum i think 65 35 for uh for javante man you know you had a good point there when you said it's it's it doesn't happen that often considering it's a two or three running back league now per team but you rattled off the names i'm thinking to myself okay jonathan taylor deserves it dalvin cook deserves it but like trust me when i say ezekiel elliott is the name on that list that kind of discredits the whole thing? He was terrible last year. Tony Pollard yards per carry and four yards of carry for Antonio Gibson. I mean, four yeah, yards. Four of yards of carry dust. isn't good enough for me. No, you know, that's a that's not a good running game. If Javante or whoever hits twelve hundred yards, fifteen hundred, obviously, yeah, that's a really good season. That's something to uh, commend and admire. But I think a thousand is is not overly impressive, personally. And, and Phil, I think we, we, I don't remember reading Phil and uh, Phil's a big supporter of, of, of MHH. So I want to make sure. So I think we overpaid for Gordon. Maybe again, maybe, um, but you know, <laughs> if it's two and a half base and he doesn't yeah. earn it, then right. it's nothing. You didn't pay him much more than you paid Mike Boone last year to sit around and do nothing. Uh, but since we have him, let's just pray and hold on to the ball. Go Broncos. My all huddle for life. Appreciating Salvi nation coming in also. Uh, so I've been supporting everything Peyton has done with the team. But Butterhands Gordon, uh, I, I, one of the jokes I think I said smack my head one time when I saw SMH, so smack my head. That's what that looks, the old <laughs> face bomb, smack my head. Uh, only if uh, George Payton has something in mind, but otherwise it's a no from me. I wish I could have seen that video, Scott. I don't. It probably doesn't exist, but it would have been hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it was the one you know thing they criticized Peyton about last year was uh, getting rid of Philip Lindsay, and I understood it. And like Scott said, he kind of soothed that burn. The aloe was Javante Williams, mm-hmm. but what's the anti aloe? You know, salt. 
I think salt in the wound would be bringing back Melvin Gordon and like putting Mike Boone in mothballs after paying him that money. I agree with the premise of both of what you said and what the comments saying. Two and a half million for Melvin is nothing. I'm fine with that. Five when you have Javante and you're still starting Billy Turner at right tackle. That's where it gets a little, a little, I don't know, cringy for me. Uh, Dave coming in, Dave from Georgia. Look at all this Georgia love. We're gonna, we're gonna have to do something here. Get a Georgia Broncos country get together or something. Even if it's just me and a couple of the marks and Dave. Uh, hey Zach Scotty, Broncos country. Merlot will be a great number two. Pookie's gonna tear it up. Broncos country football priest. And if he is a great number two, you know, say he gets six, 700 yards, I think you will have earned his money. You know, keeping it if you, you're able to keep Javante fresh for the long haul. Cause you know what? I'd like to see the Broncos play 20 games this year. You're going to need a couple of running backs. You know, you're, you're going to need them. And I know, I know uh, you've been a big proponent of seeing Mike Boone. And I think that's what hurts about as much as anything on this is like, well, crap. I wanted to see Mike Boone get a chance. I just don't know that we're going to, Zach. I really don't. I, I did not think Merlot was going to stick as a nickname, so I appreciate you, uh, Dave, keeping that nickname alive. Um, I want to see what the incentives are in that contract, though, for Melvin Gordon. I want to see like what it, are the escalators, what are the unlockable uh, levels and tiers he has to reach to get that money. If it's like 1,000 yards, then he's probably going to not make more than $2.5 million. But if it's 500 or 750 then he's going to start making more money and maybe take some carries away if he gets hot. Uh, from Javante. Uh, real quick, Scott, we have an announcement from Chad who's not going to be able to pop on tonight. He's having some technical issues. He wants us to let y'all know. We're going to make an announcement on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all our social media at the bar, the Broncos bar we're going to meet at. It's going to be a, a nice festive occasion on Friday evening. Uh, meet and greet, hangout Friday. We'll, more information coming on that. Keep it locked to MHH Social. We'll have it out there for you ASAP. Now, if there is a, I don't want to say detractor, but if there was a questionable, if anybody questions George Payton, it's Lawrence. Lawrence is the guy that has always taken that glass half empty look when it comes to George Payton. And he says, uh, no, I still say Melvin Gordon coming in was Payton's way of not having to pay Lindsay what he should have. Again, let me hit on this one, Zach, and I want to, I want to get your take on this. I started working with y'all just about a year ago, you know, uh, in March. Since then, I've seen Philip Lindsay get a decent-sized contract from the Houston and then, then canned. I almost said, you know, bit canned, but I said canned. Gets picked up by the Miami Dolphins, and thank you, no thank you. So what I've seen from Philip Lindsay in the last 12, 13 months of, of knowing more about Philip Lindsay was three teams give up on him. So... When you say something like should have, maybe not. I, I feel like it's throwing good money after bad, though. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you were trying to pinch some pennies with Philip Lindsay, then you go out and pay Mike Boone RB2 money. Then you don't utilize Mike Boone. What was it, 40 snaps, 48 snaps the whole season? It was four carries, and uh, let me see if I still have Including Mike specials? Boone, Mike Boone's snap counts. Uh, let me see. Snap counts. He had 25 on offense and 73 on special teams. Yeah. And then you're going to turn around and bring back Melvin Gordon for potentially $5 million. I, I, the way he's handling the, the, the backfield, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I trust George Payton's vision, but if there are things to pick nits about with him, the way he's handled Boone, Lindsey, and Gordon has been a little head scratching. Yeah, I think... You know, again, I don't know, I don't know the Lindsay thing, but for me, this just screams I made a mistake with Mike Boone. That's what it says to me. And maybe it was Philip Lindsay, but I, don't, I haven't seen anything else that has led me to believe that he made a mistake by not bringing back Philip Lindsay. You know, he didn't go somewhere else and tear it up. You know, that's when you start wondering when, you know, when when Drew Lock goes up to Seattle and throws for forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns, we'll know. Until then, we haven't really seen it. So. um, <laughs> I actually told my friend, he told me he was going to come in and heckle me. I said, if you want to get everybody cranked up, this this chat's busier. I don't know if I'll be able to see it. Start talking Drew Locke. That's how you get the chat going. <laughs> <laughs> or say that Vic Fangio was a good head coach for the Broncos or Pat Shermer. Like, you try to do, Scott, and give them no, a, a no, compliment. No. We don't I do said, that around said, these parts. I, I just, I'm not going, I'm not going political on this where we have to be, you know, opposed on everything. They didn't do everything wrong. 
most things, yeah, but not <laughs> most. Yeah, I'll give you that, but not everything. And I thought they, I do think they handled the running back situation, uh, uh, for the most part, pretty well last year. Boo. Anyway, we got John Clay eventing hopping in $5 <laughs> super. Thank you so much, John. This is a question for Scott. Scott, I would join that Georgia Broncos group from here in Huntsville. Go Broncos. What's a pretty good hike? Of course, not like a West Coast hike where, you know, you to, to, to hit the Home Depot in the next town, it's four hours. You know, once you get west of the Mississippi, it gets real big. But I was near y'all last weekend. I was in Albertville for a uh, for a baseball tournament, so I wasn't too far from you over in Huntsville. Um, that's about four hours from uh, from Atlanta for John Clay. So that's a that's still a pretty good hike. We could probably do something like that. We could we could do you know Atlanta's a, a good meeting place, a good hub. I think we're gonna have to pull something like that off. I think so. Appreciate you, John Clay. See, this is what happens, uh, Scott, when you mentioned Drew Locke. Poor Dylan on the front lines taking the bullets. Please don't say that, Scott. I'm going to have to deal with that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about he who shall not be named on this podcast. We have Russell freaking Wilson now, so we're going to talk about him. But we have yeah, another. That, that, was, that was the second comment, actually. He's like, he's like, but everybody's pretty happy with Russell Wilson, right? I'm like, yes. That yeah. one's universal. Yeah. That one's universal. Um, you might be able to find one or two people that says, oh, they gave up too much for them, but they're few and far between, and they disagree with everybody anyway. Yeah, for sure. We got Dale hopping in. Another super from Dale. Thank you so much, man. You are seriously the best. So appreciative. LOL, Scott, you're not square by a mile. Your football knowledge with a cup of coffee in the morning and now is awesome. And yes, it's the hang loose pinky and thumb thing. Holla. I mean, See, holla. I was always ha -ha. The... <clears throat> Yeah. I was never the hang loose kind of guy. I wish I'm I was. Shocking I, right was now. I was more of the let's hurt something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I so need much for hang loose in my life. I need more Hawaiian, uh, you know, or the 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 pura vida from uh, from Costa Rica, the pure life down there. So yes, I can be a lot more uh, chill, a well, lot more hang loose, and a little less of this. Kent isn't as Scott as in as kind Scott. He's like uh, kind of calling you out. Husk yeah, Scott. Said, it's called a husk. I, I, I was like, it wasn't husk. I forgot exactly what I said, but it wasn't whatever it was, whatever I, I knew I said it wrong when I, I heard myself say it. But it definitely wasn't the part you were supposed to eat. So yes, that was bad. Did you see this though? I'm sure you saw the video, Scott. A lot of Broncos fans are going crazy about it. Like Phil says, <laughs> did you see Russell Wilson handing off to Nathaniel Hackett? Why lightning, I baby? I read the comments about it, you know, and listen, we didn't have a running back on the field. I thought he needed somebody to hand the ball off to, so I ran it. Yeah. Breaking news, Nathaniel Hackett just got a $2.5 million contract from the Broncos to be the RB2. Uh, but he also completed a pass. Russell Wilson did to, to Nathaniel Hackett in yesterday's practice. So, you know, you know it's, it's, it's fun to see. It doesn't mean much. It's kind of a, a goofy kind of thing, silly thing. But to have that fun back, Scott, in the Broncos building, to see the Broncos. Can you imagine Vic Fangio taking a freaking handoff? He'd be on AARP's payroll tomorrow. And Nathaniel Hackett just is able to do that and teach and have fun out there. It's it's so refreshing. The, uh, I mean, just going through, you know, doing some of the stuff I do behind the scenes for, for the channel, you know, grabbing videos for the, I, I got angry. I'm like, this guy is an ass. You know, Fangio. And, and the, I think you heard me say it when the way he acted after the Dallas Cowboys win was shameful. Yeah, it was it was shameful. So, um, yeah, this is again. And I hope it lasts because the energy, the goofiness, all this kind of stuff. It's all well and good in the honeymoon period. But you got to win. You got to win or else it's going to say, man, we should have known this guy was a buffoon. He's out there be acting like a clown instead of coaching guys. I feel pretty good about it. Again, while he is a rookie head coach, he's got a veteran quarterback. He's got a veteran quarterback and a good roster. That's a pretty good situation. There's a reason why I said during the coaching search, Zach, I was like, Denver, it, it almost feels like Denver fans and honestly, the rest of the NFL is kind of waiting to see what Denver does so they can go and get the next guy. You know, it's it just Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't even get interviews with half their kids. Yeah. Um, but Denver gets their pick. Denver gets their pick. And it's just nice. It's a it's a good situation to be in. You're 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 blessed.
you mentioned the honeymoon comparison. I I agree that we're in that, and it's great. But when someone gets married, you don't think about like the fights you're going to have because the dishes weren't clean. You're not. You don't think about the divorce. You think about the honeymoon. So all I can think about right now is Russell Wilson is the Broncos quarterback. Hackett's the Broncos head coach, and this team is on a major upward trajectory. And I think they're going to be in contention for the AFC West as our Butler is positing here. He wants to know: Do you think we have the most stacked offense in the West? What do you say? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, you're going to put up better numbers than the Chargers? The Chargers were pretty good. I mean, I don't know, honestly. That it's it's a it's a it feels to me like a three-horse race. The Chargers are going to put up numbers, the Chiefs are going to put up numbers, the Broncos are going to put up numbers. I would say no to get started because I think there's less proven. I know you lost Tyreek Hill there, but you're just a little bit more proven in other areas and you got a long way to go up. I mean, a significant improvement would get you to middle of the pack, you know? So having a, I don't know, going from 26 to five would be unbelievable possible, but it would be really amazing. Let me, and Zach, I'll let you weigh in and I want to look up some numbers on this to, to back up. Like I said, my gut feeling on this is it's a big mountain to climb from where you were to get above the teams like, you know, the Chargers and Chiefs who were really good last year. Yeah, it's, it kind of depends on what your definition of stacked is. Like, do you mean from a talent perspective or a production standpoint? Uh, it's going to be, I think, a two-horse race between the Chargers and Broncos. Maybe I'm a little too optimistic on, what is it, April 27th, but this – offense man it's always been a quarterback away from truly exploding with these receivers when you have talents like Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy Tim Patrick you have KJ Hamler you have Javante you have Albert O and so on and so on it was missing that quarterback you didn't just get a quarterback you got a nine-time pro bowler future former keep saying future maybe it's a premonition former Super Bowl champion in Russell Wilson I think it's going to come down to Kansas City and Denver um, who has more yards and touchdowns or whatever? I really don't care about who has more victories. I do. Who's mm-hmm. on top of the West come January? I care about. And there's a very good chance, in my opinion, that could be the Broncos. The the yards again. We're talking about Kansas City and the Chargers as far as yards per game was third and fourth in the NFL. You know, if you're knocking on the door, if it's it's like, oh well, we were third in our division, but we were fifth in the NFL. So be it. It's one of those things where Zach, you may have heard me say before. I don't. I don't argue levels of elite. If you're third in the NFL, but or fifth in the in the NFL, third in your division, you're not losing games because of your offense. Your offense is at a championship caliber. Now, what else is going on? You know, are you scoring in the red zone? Are your efficiency numbers good? Is your defense holding its own? Is your special teams not a disaster? If you're a top five, you got a top five offense. If you're in that neck of the woods, you've got a championship caliber offense. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I this is maybe I'm being biased, but I feel like Herbert is due for a drop off. He had such a phenomenal rookie year, and he, he followed that up with an even better second year. I think he's due for a regression at some point. Maybe it's cautious optimism. I do not know, but, uh, and as long as they have Brandon Staley, honestly, who constantly outthinks himself, we talk about coaching all the time. I happen to think Hackett will be a better head coach than Brandon Staley is. So they have another, uh, you know, advantage there to me, it's Kansas city and Denver, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, talent goes, I mean, when you say stacked, I think just pure talent in that case, but I want to see how the production goes. It'd be hard to argue against the Denver Broncos. I mean, who you're good at running back. Let's see. It may come down to Albert Okawebenam and Jerry Judy. Do they step up to become the guys we right. think they can become? If they do, the answer is right. nobody. Nobody's got three receivers or running back and a tight end that can play at that level. And, and the quarterback. Uh, you might have three of those six I just mentioned, four, even four. But it, but nailing all six of them. And plus, you got Melvin Gordon as your number two. <laughs> Sure. That's a pretty good number two back. So <laughs> I have to I have to flash this comment because I keep busting out laughing. Jeff goes Fangio was trying out to be the pylon. Yeah, that's what he was like. He's just a, a literal stick in the mud who stood there with his arms crossed and offered nothing, and the team took on that attitude. But look at now. I mean, you have 
Hackett taking uh, handoffs and catching passes from Russell Wilson of all co- – it's just a different fun time, different vibe in Denver, and I literally could not be more pumped well, about music, it. I can only yeah, imagine how the players feel. Play. I can't coach without music. i got to have the music. Right. I mean, right. he's hyperactive, again, He's which is which is good. I mean, he'd drive me crazy, but you want – I want – I don't. I don't have to play around a golf with him, or you know, try and go to a movie with him. And not. Don't get me wrong. I think he. He seems like a really fun guy. He wouldn't um, shut up during a movie. I feel like he would constantly be like, "Hey, you I see mean. that? You see I that? Know. Did you see?" The point? Like, oh, listen, well, you're gonna love this part. You know, especially he's a guy say? that's seen it before. So, dude, shut up. <laughs> it's right in front of you. Watch the movie. <laughs> My daughter's love. She like asks, "Well, what happened here?" I'm like, "Would you just watch the movie?" But you know, she's ten. So that's acceptable. Yeah, she gets a pass. But, you know, it's so crazy, Scott. I wrote a story about that. I did not expect it to even do as well as it did. And y'all just lapped it up that Hackett's bringing music back to Broncos practice. There was literally no music during practice in the Vic Fangio era. How archaic do you have to be? How curmudgeony do you have to be to not to have freaking music? And now you have the head coach who says he can't be without music. I mean, the, the opposite ends of the spectrum is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's you're gonna get a bounce. It's gonna be fun. This year's gonna be fun, even if it. it, it yeah, the 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 soccer phrase, and I think you've heard me coin on here, and I've because I've heard Nick repeat it too. Is it's suffer ball? You know, basically you take the air out of the ball and try and keep it zero zero, and maybe you can win in penalties or sneak in a counter, right. get a lucky break on a set piece or something. It's suffer ball. It's awful. That's how watching Denver was last year. They played not to lose on offense. They played not to lose on defense. And guess what? And they didn't play on special teams at all. So. Yeah, yeah. And then they lost the game on special teams, you know? <laughs> so it was it was dull. It was dull on both sides of the ball. Evero, we haven't even talked about Ejiro Evero. Evero basically says, I want to attack. Yeah. We, we got to get pressure. I got to find ways to get pressure. How are you going to get pressure? I don't, there's lots of guys we believe in. We got to get pressure, though. Love this guy. I, I already like him, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I can't put it all on Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer for it being dull. They were, I mean, largely the problem because they were the two biggest uh, coaches in the building. But Ed Donatel, the former Broncos DC, did nothing. I mean, he was Fangio's lackey. He literally was just a DC in title only. And um, Evero is a true coach. And I put this out there on Twitter. Y'all seem to like the tweet and agree with me that there's teachers teachers teaching again. There's coaches coaching again. Evero is so hands-on. And not only that, he's as aggressive as um, Wade Phillips used to be. And that's what the Broncos sorely lacked under Fangio was that get after the ball, force turnovers, force picks, make sacks, take the ball away, get it back for the offense, change the outcome of the game. They rarely did that. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that under Evero. Great hire. The buzzword before you, you get us out of here, Zach, the buzzword is, you know, culture. You got to change the culture. Done. Done. The culture has been changed. Okay. Now let's get some wins under your belt and, and, and really, and, and prove that it's not just all fun and games. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. Mike Tyson. <laughs> so, you know, That's the drunk it's guy all the fun and games now, then you, then the rubber is going to hit the road come September. Uh, in inner lotus ask what was the word zach just said archaic was it curmudgeony yeah i thought i said a bad word i I was i was thinking of that while i was talking (laughs) during the last question no it was archaic and curmudgeony i i haven't slipped on the pod yet it's gonna happen but it hasn't happened yet i don't know like whenever someone's like hey i gotta talk to you like oh crap you know it's like you read that you're like what did he just say like oh what did i just say what what could i have possibly (laughs) said you know don't cancel me anyway guys the Okay, we have one more. Uh, yeah, from one Wyatt. more curmudgeony, and then we'll, why it'll <laughs> get us out of here. Uh, Say, so even gents, not used to seeing Scott in the PM. I'm usually here. I'm just kind of hanging out in the back, and I don't get to say I, – I do see everybody say hello. I just don't get a chance to say hello back all the time because, um, well, it's not necessarily my place to, to, to be in there a lot. So I'm so excited to see a coach with some passion on the sidelines. Amen. Amen. I've asked a question watching this guy. Says, "Man, if you don't care, why should I? Right. As a fan, you know, if you don't, if you don't take this passion, I felt like that was more with baseball sometimes, you know, which is it's a more even keel sport anyway. But it's like, man, if y'all don't care, I watched Cal Stanford. They were both like 15 in the country, and there's like 15,000 fans in the stands. If you don't care, why should I? Fangio, you don't care. Why should I care? 
Uh, I'm so excited to see a coach with some passion on the sidelines. No more confused arm cross old man with irrational challenges. Yeah. How about a coach that can win a challenge? Uh, it was historically Wasn't bad. He for career? I think he won one. Oh, did he? Okay. I think he won one. He was like one for 13. How are you that bad? It is impossible. If you flipped a coin at random, you can have better odds than one in 13. I don't know. I don't understand. You mentioned suffer ball. It was torture ball under paying? Vic Fangio. Because, you, know, you know, there's a there's a video guy <sighs> that's recommending this. Oh, yeah, I saw this. You want to challenge us. You know, that, that's a job. Who are you paying for that? I'm I'm for hire. You know, bring me in. I'm, I'm on the conservative side. Um, Fangio had two eyes. He was making seven million a year. He was on the sideline looking at the play. He has to follow his own instinct and his own intuition. He rarely did that, and he relied on the wrong people. It was all on Fangio. But I'm not going one for thirteen. That's, I that's promise enough. you on that one. A lot more so, Fangio right, talk. Zach, we're at an hour five. This flew by. It did always. Uh, just uh, me and Zach having fun with y'all, and some uh, and uh, you know some huge support coming in from our our. Mile high huddle country nation. Don't. <laughs> community. community. Don't. You know, Michaela, Dale, Mark, other Mark, Andrew. I don't want to, I don't want to leave you out. It's just um, you know, well, Chad likes to send out the thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you to everybody. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. And tomorrow is draft day. So one one uh note for draft day. We'll be on at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain. It's going to be me and Nick and Eric Trickle. And some of the other guys might come in, bounce in and out. But it's going to be us three for the most part. No first-round pick for the Denver Broncos that we know of. Not yet. Not yet. But could happen. But we'll be on all night long. All first round. So it could take us until about midnight. I got a whole handful of like sore throat lozenges. <laughs> uh, Broncos for breakfast in the morning. Draft Eve. We'll do a little draft preview with me and Nick. And then it's going to be draft night. And then Friday, uh, Eric and and uh, Lance, and I might join them because the Falcons have four picks too. Uh, it makes sense for, for me to be on that. But you're going to see a lot of Mile High Huddle in the next 48 hours. Yeah, and Chad and I, we're going to be in Vegas, as uh, we've uh, mentioned before. More information, again, on the meet and greet coming for Friday. But we're going to pop into the podcast tomorrow night. From behind the scenes in Vegas, hopefully behind the stage, maybe getting some exclusive content, definitely exclusive content, but maybe some interviews or, you know, real life reaction, real live reaction, real time uh, to the pick. So I'll look out for that. But that was the Huddle Up podcast for one evening. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile I Huddle. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL if you guys want. Uh, some merch that neither of us are wearing tonight. I can't even get on you tonight, Scott, about it. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a hat, anything you want. It's all right there. I don't got to go through the spiel. You know what it is. And also facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre safe five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. It helps helps us grow monumentally. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Again, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Scott, last word. Uh, Gary Lee's Palmer, thank you thank much. You, Hope you're healthy and well. Appreciate the stars. My last word, since we put it in the topic and didn't address it, 64. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Best case realistically for me. Right tackle, Abraham Lucas. I'm going to go. I agree. I'm going to change it up. I'll just say uh, Chad Muma, linebacker, or Anderson. Either or. That's, I think, uh, best case scenario for the Broncos. But we'll have more, much more to come from the draft starting tomorrow night. Don't forget to hop on to the stream starting a little before 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, guys. And as always, thank you. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.